We Come okay. as Friends is a modern odyssey, a dizzying, almost sci science fiction-like journey into the heart of Africa at the moment when the Sudan, the continent's biggest country, is being divided into two nations. An old, civilizing ideology reemerges, one of colonialism and a clash of empires. Academy Award-nominated director of Darwin's Nightmare, that would be Hubert Sopper, takes us on a journey in his tiny self-made aircraft constructed from tin and canvas, leading us into the most improbable locations and into the people's thoughts and dreams in both stunning and heartbreaking ways. We are joined today by the cinematographer, editor, producer, writer, and director of this wonderful documentary, We Come as Friends. Hubert Sopper, welcome to Film School. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, well, thank you. you. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get right into um, the uh, what brought you to the place where you wanted to do, or you decided you wanted to do a documentary about the Sudan at this critical juncture in their history. Yeah, you know, Mike, the, um, uh, the film we're talking about, We Come as Friends, um, which is actually just now opening in America, that's why I'm here in New York. Um, is, uh, I guess, uh, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's not about Africa. It's not about the Sudan. It just happens to be set in Sudan. It's basically uh, a movie that is, that's about one of these big, you know, uh, themes like, you know, slavery, globalism, um, uh, uh, colonialism. And this, this film, Chemist Friends, is... Um, uh, it is it, a film I, I I worked on for six years, and it's basically about the mindset and the and the, the uh, um, uh, pathology, uh, psychology, and pathology of colonialism uh, in general. Mm -hmm. And of course, as a filmmaker, as a documentary filmmaker, you have to uh, contain uh, your 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 movie in, in in some time and some space. And so I decided to make it in Sudan. Uh, the reason why Sudan was uh, has become my focus is that the Sudan uh, is um, is on this kind of global front line where where interests empires and you know big uh, the big uh, powers of our days clash and collide. You know, it's basically the place Sudan is. Uh, it's the epicenter of a collision between America and China today. It's one of the lines in my film. Mm -hmm. um, and the Sudan, uh, interrupt me. <laughs> no, no. Well, <laughs> I, no, the, the only, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I say the only th funny thing, uh, in, not funny, but the way you're describing this about colonialism, and it certainly is about that, but in the modern political context that we, that when we hear interest being discussed around the world, uh, colonialism is a, a phrase, um, um, a, um, a political uh, uh, artifact in many ways in terms of the way we talk about national interest anymore. We don't talk about colonialism because I think there's an assumption, certainly in the West, that colonialism died when the uh, the Belgians left the Congo or something along those lines, that it no longer exists. But what your film does so dramatically and so effectively is show that, in fact, that is not the case. And, in fact, it's maybe even more pervasive in some parts of the world. Have you found that... Yeah, you know, 
I was just going to ask, yeah, have you found uh, that, that you, you, you hear resistance from people when you talk about your film in the context of colonialism? Well, uh, yeah, people are lifting their eyebrows uh, until they've seen my film, you know. <laughs> yeah. And when they, see, when they see my film, they understand what I'm talking about. And it's like colonialism is a term that, that is like officially no, no longer in use because it's officially over. It's the colonial era is over and the colonies are officially free, free countries. But when you look at the, uh, the relationship between France and its ex-colonies, um, there's the patterns are still the same, you know, yeah. and the, and the, the French ex-colonies in, in in West Africa are to a big extent, uh, you know, still uh, doing not much more but delivering resources to France, oil or or uranium and stuff, and uh, and the the rulers or the dictators are are uh, going to going to Champs Elysees in Paris, where I'm living actually. Uh, to to shop with their wives and their families and their private jets, and uh, their their people are are in tatters. You know, so so the so the word is no longer the word colonialism is no longer uh, you know modern and it's kind of out of out of uh, out of fashion and out of use. But it's kind of it's it has rebranded itself uh, into uh, new new terms which are not not much different. You know, now it's called you know, international aid industry, <laughs> which yeah. is a, yeah. which is in a way uh, a colonial, post-colonial phenomenon. But um, you know, it, it things change. You know, Mark Twain said, "History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes." <laughs> uh, and and there's similar saying in French where uh, that history doesn't repeat itself, but it stutters. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, when you start looking at 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 these, you know, big scenes through the lens of uh, small examples. Let's say, you know, my film Darwin's Nightmare was a film about the biggest story of our time, which is globalism, globalization, right? Yeah. So a, a, a guy with, like myself, with a small camera going out and saying, I'm going to make a film about globalism is, is, uh, is, it's, it's kind of crazy, right? It's like an enterprise. How, how can you even do that? But you, but you still can, as a filmmaker, re, uh, like look at kind of a micro cosmos or a micro example out of this big equation. And in Darwin's Nightmare, I made a point about globalism through looking at a small fishing village or fishing town in Tanzania and about about the north and south trade and about the people who are involved in this trade, which is uh, Russian cargo pilots and, and local fishermen and prostitutes who kind of uh, are a subculture of this industry and live off of the Russian, you know, yeah. <laughs> pilots. So, so it ultimately became a film that very clearly shows the mechanism of, of, uh, of, of the big picture of, of, colonial, of, of um, globalism. And this new film would come as friends, which is now in, in two days opening um, in New York, where I am, and then I think in most of the United States, if, if I if I'm yeah. right, yes. and in Canada, this is a is a film about 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 colonialism, about its mindset, and you know we have to be we have to remind ourselves that one of the the big uh, um, legacies of colonialism is its own self 
solicitation, I would say, uh, self-congratulatory um, um, uh, yeah. phenomenon, like like self-celebration, right? Right. right. The, the colonial, uh, the colonial colonialists were the ones who, who wrote and are still writing history, and 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 we are seeing films and and reading books from the colonial era, and it all looks pretty pretty nice and romantic, and but it was ultimately a globalized crime. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, and this globalized crime is not over because we are deciding to not use the word colonialism anymore. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just kind of mutating into something sometimes even more ugly and even more uh, devastating, you know? Right. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, and I, I was trying to make a point with this film uh, in Sudan because the Sudan... Uh, to come back to your first question, um, is a very specific case, you know, because the Sudan, uh, the Sudan was a part of the Egyptian Empire, like like 5,000 years ago, mm. uh, and it was like the backyard of Egypt, basically. It was mm. the third world of Egypt, mm. uh, and that's where the Egyptian pharaohs went, you know, up the Nile to get uh, resources, to get uh, uh, wood and, and, and labor and slaves to build the, the, the pyramids and to build their empire. So this dialectic between North and South uh, was already born in the Egyptian uh, empire. And Sudan was, was the colonized and, and the outsmarted and the exploited part of the Egyptian empire. And then over thousands of years, um, Egypt, that was based on exploitation of some some other people outside of, of the outside of the epicenter of the empire, became an obsession for every other empire in on the planet. It's like the the Romans uh, and the Greeks and the Persians and the Arabs and the Ottoman Empire and uh, uh, and later the British and the French, Napoleon, etc. All these empires went to Egypt to get inspiration how to basically rule a glorious empire. Mm-hmm. All of them were fascinated by by Egypt, and and uh, and what it what it shows us is that that imperialism and colonial colonialism is is a sick mindset. It's like you you you're you're thriving on someone else's you know, uh, uh, blood, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, and we have, we, we kind of know that, we acknowledge it. I mean, I'm from Western Europe, and and the history of Europe is, a, is a, you know, hundreds of years of, of, of genocide, and when the Spaniards went to, uh, to the Americas, they, you know, got rid of a couple of million Mayas and uh, Incas and Aztecs, but at the same time, they had to come up with a narrative that kind of uh, justifies the crime, you know. Mm-hmm. So in in the days of the Spaniards, Spanish uh, conquistadores, uh, the justification was made through the help of the Catholic Church, for example, you know, because the Catholic Church said the Incas don't have a soul, so it's kind of okay to kill them, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a couple of hundred years ago, but but in our times. We are still living in similar uh, in similar patterns. You know, we are still uh, uh, t- 
to some extent exacerbating the the the, the, the danger of the Arabs. You know, they are after us. Like the, the political right in America. You know, they're like the Arabs are coming. You know, and because we exacerbate the image of the of of the enemy, it's okay for us to uh, to you know enter in a, in, a, in, a, in a crazy kind of arms uh, uh, race and, and 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 get more security and get more fighter jets and get more soldiers out in, into the world who are going to you know secure us but what they really do these soldiers these american soldiers i mean it's it's a, it's a it's a bit of a brutal way to to say but they're guarding uh the flow of our resources you know they they make sure that the oil keeps flowing they make sure that uh that uh, the, the the world order uh, stays the way it 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 it, uh, it it fits us, right? Yeah. So yeah, this is a bit. <laughs> it's a bit. Uh, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm no, putting I, the, the metaphor, I'll, but but, uh, but I'm. Yeah. I'll tell you, and I I think it's just in terms of colonialism and it's sort of uh, I say uh, it's evolution. I don't think, think that's probably the right word to use, but as it has morphed into a more modern version of this. I think that uh, people in the colonial powers have figured out that if you let the people in charge of these territories take care of the muscle that they need to enforce this kind of brutality on on people who are trying to make a better life in those like in this situation in the Sudan, I'll pay those people who are in charge, build up a military that you can control with an internal military, you can assert all kinds of influence and and dominance over these countries and also you have to keep them desperately poor by putting them in debt which we figured out ways in the you know to do that so these these yeah. you're right it, this this system has evolved in some way so that it our hands are less bloody because we don't know about this or we don't care to know about it but it's a very efficient system in in in, in for us very inefficient obviously for the people who are in the on the business end of yeah. the stick. So, um, and this is what well, what we come as friends is at your, in so many different ways and on so many different levels is showing us. Uh, I and I for that it, it's it's a quite a remarkable achievement. Yeah. Well, so yeah, what you said is is quite right, and and, and things. Uh, I, I I I don't necessarily think that our hands are less bloody. I, I, I just well, think I mean, that we came up with a, narr- with a narrative that yeah. that makes us think that uh, that we are uh, like uh, ultimately always the, on the good side of history, you know, and, right. and we are only only wanting the best and doing the best, and right. but some things go wrong, you know. Right. No, um, I, on, I only know, meant. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I only yeah. meant that our hands are less bloody in the way that we don't know about it in Vietnam when. Three, two, three, four million people died. It was American soldiers mm-hmm. who were responsible, and we, and that was that caused a tremendous amount of upheaval in this country. We now let other people take care of that for us, and that's right. all. That was my my point. Yeah, we have proxy armies doing yeah. a bad job, doing right. the, the dirty job, right? right? And the proxy armies are all over, and then when we come back to the to the African continent, uh, the uh, the center of the African continent is is devastated, and it's, it's kind of Gonna go down the drain because because people are really uh, going after each other because uh, some groups are supported by one group uh, let's say from the west and some people are supported by 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 China yeah. and 
and it's going up in fire, you know. So the uh, <laughs> the, the the Sudan is a good example, you know. The Sudan uh, to come back to to uh, to the to the movie story um, was also or is and was for me a, a window into history, which kind of opened in a way that you could never have wished more as a filmmaker, you know, because um, when you think of, of one of the legacies of, of Africa and the, the deadly legacies of Africa was the division of the continent into like 50 pieces, which were before 50 like protectorates or, or, or colonies and then became nations, nation states, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to say free nation states, you know, um, I mean, that's a relative word because as we said before, it is still kind of interdependent and dependent on all colonial masters and dependent on, on European, on the IMF and the World Bank, etc. Um, but in Sudan, ironically, the, the center of Africa was not really colonized by 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 any of any European or, or any other power. And the reason was that the the diseases, let's say, the diseases that the Spaniards uh, brought to the Americas, you know, mm-hmm. the, the smallpox and and the, the the flu that killed a lot of uh, a lot of indigenous Indians, uh, indigenous Americans. Um, in Central of Africa, the the Europeans who came fell ill from malaria and and tse and stuff, and the locals did not. So so <laughs> the single reason why. The east of the Congo and the south of the Sudan was never really colonized, apart from a couple of uh, you know um, missionaries that made it in and out somehow. And, and mm-hmm. uh, was where the where the diseases and the inaccessibility and and the uh, the roughness of the climate, you know, mm-hmm. the heat. And and today uh, this is no longer a question because there's billions of dollars available through the oil industry, and we can like bulldoze our, you know, ways in and, and open oil fields and, and make airports in, in the middle of nowhere and fly in with huge, you know, jumbo jets and fly materially in. And and now what happens is that suddenly because there's this amazing wealth, the two big players, China and America, seem to uh, basically collide. The interests are colliding. So it's like, who's going to Who's going to sign the big contracts and who's going to take the oil? Mm-hmm. And and basically, this is the core reason of civil war, which is on going now in Sudan. It's the it's a conflict of re, over resources, which is which is not a, a homemade conflict from, from the Sudanese, but it's a conflict that is kind of uh, carried out through proxies, no, yeah. through proxies that are armed from the outside. And, uh, yeah. and the separation of the Sudan into two pieces was also kind of a repetition of history, you know? Yeah. As I said before, Africa was separated in 50 pieces by the Europeans uh, at the Conference of Berlin. And suddenly, in, in 2011, uh, there was a new, a new border going to be designed between the Sudan. And I happened to be there as a filmmaker, and I, and I kind of... Uh, uh, looked at history unfolding in front of my eyes once more. You no, know? yeah. The, the, like the division of Africa was 
was ongoing in front of my in front of my camera. <laughs> you know. So, so, so in in, in yeah. when that happened, when you saw that happening as a filmmaker, uh, how quickly? I mean, you had access to in this film uh, we come as friends. You had access to the broad spectrum of Sudanese society. Uh, was there any any trepidation on the part of the sort of the, the the people that you were talking to at any either end of the spectrum of of the people uh, in the film we come as friends to sort of how did you were you able to kind of get yourself into a position where you could tell this broad sweeping story of what was going on in Sudan? Um, yeah, you know, I, I mean, one of the key questions of every every uh, writer or or filmmaker or journalist is 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 how to have an idea and how to get access to your subjects and to, to your places where the idea could be you know uh, unfold you know mm-hmm. and uh, in documentary film of course the access to people is is uh, is the basis of everything you know uh, in the most cases in general like in every every documentarian I can tell you that mostly it's the it's the relationship that you can create with with somebody uh, that is going to be the uh, raw material of the film. It's the basis of everything. So if you have the ability to create trust, uh, I guess you have it as a, a report. I mean, I don't. I've never met you personally, but I'm talking to you as as if I sat with an old friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Because because I can understand that you have seen my work and I can understand that you kind of understand what I'm saying and so or not kind of I, I I'm sure you understand what I'm saying yeah. <laughs> and so you are you are creating trust and you are creating um, the climate that makes me be at ease to talk and that's what you do as a documentarian too but also as a documentarian, you you always have to deal with authorities and uh, laws and structures and restrictions and borders and uh, uh, so and there's different ways to deal with you know you can you can uh, when you get stopped on the border you say well I'm I'm under arrest or something but you can also try to try to talk your way out or you can try to run or you can try to uh, uh, I don't know uh, figure out how to find papers or in this case in we come as friends we we didn't even go to the borders we just uh, <laughs> built a little airplane and flew over the borders and so we didn't even talk to the customs guys you know so yeah. so Where? we were basically outsmarting outsmarting the the system outsmarting the military uh, uh, restrictive uh, and to my to my in my uh, structure of values a stupid uh, uh, system. You know, it's like yeah. when you, I I flew with my little airplane through Libya when Gaddafi still was in power. You know. Uh, well, okay, so you did this and to I, to break through the, this this mora- this morass of of you know impediments, but at the same time yeah. you had to know you were putting yourself at risk. Uh, you were an easy target. You had to be. Right? Did you ever? Did that ever come into play? Well, no, I'm not an easy target because uh, because I'm able to outsmart okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the beast, you know. And so I'm I'm I I come as a friend, you know. It's the yeah. title of the film is kind yeah. of a mm-hmm. it's kind of a joke. The title is is a very cynical uh, yeah. title because it's a it's, 
probably the most consequential and and biggest lie of our civilization. It's the it's the line that the colonizers would say to you know indigenous people when they they arrive in the village first we come as friends we just want to bring you civilization and light and and uh, goodness yeah. and hygiene and and yeah. values and morals and uh, and all this like this avalanche of 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 stuff that we supposedly bring to the people who didn't ask us for anything <laughs> right. and so we 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 as as filmmakers we also said we come as friends and and because this little airplane that we built for a film is is so so ridiculous it's it's literally a flying tin can it's <laughs> uh, uh, it's uh it's like a rickshaw with wings basically yeah, yeah. and a lot of times we just drop from the sky into uh military installations or Chinese oil fields or villages and people just just broke out in laughter and they just laughed at us, yeah. you know? Yeah. And this was basically the moment of of uh when we said we are we're in, we're we won, you know, it's like if somebody laughs at you mm-hmm. you're he's not gonna go after you, you know, he, he, it's like so and we could create relationships uh with with uh, soldiers uh who would probably have put us straight to jail if we would have come in a car or right. on foot or or with i don't know with uh, even with a un car i don't know what you know so we kind of we kind of uh played the buffoons and uh the the, the village uh, <laughs> the, the the king's jester right 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 and well, <clears throat> but it didn't always work out, you know. In some cases, it did not. You know, in in, in Libya, as I just said, I was basically under arrest for a month, um, grounded, and you know the plane was grounded, and I, I, you know, they were, you know, friendly enough to give me food and and water and some kind of barrack in on on some airfield. But I was, I was just uh, neutralized. You know, they mm-hmm. said you're not going to leave, and then basically. The only way out from this dilemma uh, of being uh, taken hostage by by, by the military uh, protocol uh, was to become ourselves a part of the protocol. Because so we we started to to wear uh, pilot uniforms and gave ourselves uh, ourselves four stars on our shoulders, uh, <laughs> uh, which was. Even more ridiculous, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. You know, we would you fly with it in a, in a flying lawnmower, and we we were dressed up as airline airline captains. And know? what was what was the but, name of the airplane? You had you gave the name the airplane a name. What'd you call it? Yeah, it's called Sputnik. <laughs> Sputnik. <laughs> and Sputnik was uh, uh, was the first object in space. Yes. Um, it was uh, uh, the, the Russians shot up uh, like like a little round object. It's called it was called Sputnik, and it was totally primitive it did nothing but uh sending out some kind of radio signal 22000 uh, hertz and and send out some kind of beeps you know and it, but it made a lot of noise and it made, uh, was uh, suddenly making world history it made the, it made the americans the west very nervous too so yes yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um as but, your as your plane made a lot but, of people uh, nervous <laughs> yeah but <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm still a nice guy, you know. So, I, 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 and I come as a friend, you know. So, and I'm not, uh, you know, 
making a film against anyone uh, or and also not for anyone i just i just make the films i think i i have to make and 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 i i ask questions that some of other people don't ask or cannot ask because they have uh, you know other things to 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 do and if you're in if you work if you're working let's say in the sudan and you're working for the un or for doctors without borders you you don't have the same you know, freedom and privilege to to think about the Sudan the yeah. way you can when you have enough money to make a film over six years, you know, right. in your own planning thinking. But, uh, yeah, so what, what I was saying is, like, the relationship uh, is important, the, the, uh, the, the trust is important to people you're filming, and, and sometimes when it comes to uh, authorities and... Um, Restrictions. You you can do nothing else but try to outsmart this authority, and you know, and it's it's fine. And it's like it's like, and it's kind of a victory, you know. When when you when when we got out of Libya, it was all it was really like having gotten out of the you know the mouth of the dragon or something. Mm-hmm. You know? So mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and by the way, uh, a couple of weeks after we had gotten out of Libya. Uh, the country was blown into pieces by NATO with the missiles from France and Britain, and it was the end of Gaddafi's uh, end of Gaddafi and uh, the and the and the shattering of whatever sort of yeah. uh, society Libya had at that point. Right, right. It's been a disaster. But Gaddafi is what he was. Gaddafi was he was a a crazy uh, uh, repercussion of 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 crazy. Uh, colonial times, you know, yeah, yeah. he was the shadow of it. You know, he was like the outcome, the, the like the pathological outcome of colonialism, yeah. right? And the West was more than um, happy to do business with him for a long, long, long time. More than happy. Yeah, yeah, but but um, only as long as he served their uh, as as the West decided was was uh, okay. You know, and yeah. at one point, Gaddafi was trying to. Uh, Expand and and you know become the the master of of the African Union or something and then right. the game was over and uh, you know I was really not a friend of his. No, no, <laughs> I, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I I just want to really quickly remind our listeners that w- who you are. <laughs> We're speaking with yeah. a writer, a cinematographer, producer, editor, and director of the documentary film We Come as Friends, and that would be. Hubert Sopper. Uh, this is an award-winning film. It won awards at Sundance Film Festival for a special grand jury award at Sundance for World Cinema. Uh, it won an award. It's won a number of awards at other, including the Berlinale for Peace Film Prize. Uh, and you're also an Academy Award-nominated director for Darwin's Nightmare. Um, real quick, I, I just in terms of, because it is such a sweeping film in terms of the uh, the issues that you've taken on, and but as I, I love to say about films like yours, uh, a macro subject t- told in a very micro kind of way. And uh, there's one particular person in the film. There are so many that that really kind of embody uh, the the Sudanese people. But there's one in particular that got my attention, and I I can't shake him because I think he's he's kind of homeric in in the film. Uh, the gentleman who was in the white suit was t- talking yeah. to you I don't know the context of exactly how you met him 
but he seemed to be very prescient in all the things he said to you. Tell me uh, just a little bit about him and his background and how he came into the film. You uh, well, it, it's hard to describe because we're on radio and, and it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, so when people listen on radio, we have to kind of describe the person. And he's, he's a kind of... Uh, he's a kind of... Um, um, uh, genius idiot. Yes, uh, yes. He's somebody who kind of lost his track, but who you can see that he's deeply intelligent and deeply feeling and a beautiful person. You know? And and uh, this person, uh, I, I saw at the side of the road in Juba, in the capital of South Sudan, and I was on a, one of these uh, motorcycle taxis going through town. And I just saw this guy in the uniform uh, running around a tree yeah. on some kind of junkyard. And and I stopped the motorbike and, uh, and I switched on the camera and, ran and came up to this person. I said, do you mind if I take you as we meet? And I said, like, I want to know who you are and what you're doing. And he, and he says, like, uh, are, you, are you seeing me in this camera? Do you see me in your camera? And I said, yeah, I can see you, I can see you, and I can, my microphone can hear you, and I'm recording. He says, okay. He says, it's okay, you know, you, give me your camera, give me your camera, I want to film you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I handed my little camera to him, and he started filming me, and, and I said, can you see me? And he said, I see you very nicely, you're very nice in the, in the small picture, you know. Why are you here? What are you doing, you know, in Sudan? Why... Why you, why you, you people bring all, uh, uh, all these guns to our country? And, and, and <laughs> so basically, he was resuming the whole, like, the whole theme of my film, yeah. which is years of work, in a couple of sentences. And he started questioning me. And eventually, he gave me my camera back, and I started taping him. And we were suddenly in this amazing flow uh, of energy between us. We just had this complete encounter out of the blue, basically. Uh, and this encounter is, is the scene. You know, the scene you see in the yeah. film, you, you see this guy and you're immediately fascinated by everything he does and everything he says. And everything is out of this world, you know? Yeah, he was and amazing. Eventually, yeah, and eventually I, I asked him, which planet are you from? Because he, he literally looks like an alien with his self-made kind of uniform. And, and he says, well, I'm from Earth planet. Can't you see? I'm, I'm from Earth planet. And, <laughs> and <laughs> so, so we're in this, in this absolute uh, hilarious kind of conversation. And I am totally happy. And I, 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 I just love these kind of moments as a filmmaker, you know? Yeah, they're th throughout the film uh, in so many ways, so many other ways. And... Uh, yeah, that's it. So the, so the movie, uh, the move, this kind of movies I'm making, even though they're touching like these big and heavy and and sometimes dark, uh, you know, themes of our time, and uh, it, it's still made out of many encounters which kind of transcend transcend the the bigger picture. You yeah. Know? And uh, and the uh, the movie is. What it is, it's, the movie is the representation of my fascination to, let's say, this 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 uh, gentleman, right? Yes, he in so many ways um, he, he's a in and, and and then and then when you when people sit in the cinema, they they feel like they're encountering this guy 
as it happens, you know, and, and you were like, wow, this guy, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. amazing, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, for the woman who starts to sing, uh, yes. My Land, you know, My Land, she's, That's she's, uh, she's, by the way, her name is, are, are you, are you in L.A.? Yes, I am. Oh, oh my God, so, so you are, we, we are actually coming with this woman, uh, Celestine, to L.A. to open the film. At the Lemley Royal. This, that's where you're yeah, going. So yeah. This, so Celestine. So let, let me. Do you still want to talk, or do you want to cut cut the? No, no. Go ahead. The show. Um, but Celestine is this amazing Sudanese woman who who had seven children, ran away from the war, and lost one of her seven children on the way, running away from the soldiers, and made it out, and came to America with six children. Spent 16 years in America. She works in the jail, feeding the inmates, basically, uh, in in Tennessee. And and then one day she went back to South Sudan to kind of meet her father again. And it was the time of uh, it was in 2011, time of the referendum and the peace agreement. And then and then I happened to to meet her, and or she she met me. She was like she she saw me sitting in in a very kind of Tired stayed in the in, in, in the corner of a of a local joint of a kind of a restaurant, and she said, "You know, do you need help? Uh, are you are you okay?" And she spoke perfectly English, um, and 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 I said, "Yeah, I'm okay." And and she sat down and she started to talk a bit about her story, and she goes like, "Come over for for tea. My my dad lives right there," and and so I came over to her house, and. She gave me tea, and she started to tell her her story, how she ran away from from the war in Sudan, and show how she came to America, and how she sees the Sudan now in a very different light, being like kind of from America. And then she says, as I talk to her, and she's this most amazing and beautiful figure. Um, as I talk to her, she says, "Well, we had this song about our politicians, uh, and we called them the poor politicians." Yeah. And she was referring to the warlords and to the dictators in her country when she ran away, right? Mm-hmm. And then she says, "Well, when we were students, we sang this song." And uh, and and I said, "This revolutionary song." I said, "Like, what is the song about? What is? Can you tell me more?" And she says, "Well," and she starts to sing, yeah, <laughs> the song, yeah, and and it is literally jaw dropping. I was like behind my little camera and I was like, oh my God, this is, this is amazing. And I looked at her face and I listened to her voice and, and I, I was sure that this is the sacred moment. This is the moment that is going to be on a big screen and that that's going to like fascinate millions of people ultimately through the film. Yeah. As well as much as it fascinates me in the moment, and the song, and maybe you can you can play it for your show. You could actually switch it on, right? Yeah. Yes, you can take it out of the out of the, out of the movie if you have a screener. Um, can you do that? Yeah, can oh, absolutely, that? I can do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can switch it on because it's it's, it's a, a song called My Land, and it's uh, uh, and she she have a piece of her voice. You know, she's going to tell you the rest. of Story yeah. of this little story, which is one of the scenes of the film, Become as Friends. Well, so, so, yeah, so this is basically about the work. Those two examples are, are 
sheer encounters, you know, and some some other scenes are years of preparation and work and research and profound research and stuff. So it's it's a uh, it's a very diverse kind of uh, way of work. Yeah, no, it, across yeah. all of it, yeah. uh, it's yeah. a it's a wonderful piece. I I I just wanted to kind of wrap up because I think we started I, where we started which was talking about colonialism right. and the impact it's having in this particular case in the Sudan, but really it's not just the Sudan, it's not just Africa, it's a, it's something that we live with uh, around the world, people uh, who are who are uh, suffering the consequences of it. And I just had a couple of, one quick thought on it. Um, I think that we have been able to, the West, predominantly the North certainly, has been able to impose a colonialism, but the question is really... Can colonialism and this sort of republic and the republics uh, survive? Can America, can the West, can Europe be be involved in this kind of behavior and continue to have thriving democracies? Because we never this these are subjects that never come up in our elections. These are fundamental questions that never ever come up. And I think that what we're we're rapidly approaching is a point where because of the consequences of this. Uh, uh, denuding the land, uh, taking resources from these parts of the world, along with um, climate change and massive migration, which we're starting to see now around the world. Migration is going to have a tremendous impact on the, on the West, on the first world. And I don't know how long we'll be able to continue this along this path without the consequences being dire beyond, beyond relief. Um, uh, just your thoughts, if if any of that makes sense to you. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, there's uh, any disequilibrium, right? Yes. Has a moment of 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 has a breaking point, you know. Yeah. And it's not, you know, disequilibrium doesn't break because people say it should end. It, it breaks because it breaks out of kind of almost like a natural law. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, Bob Marley said you can, I think you can fool some people sometimes, but you cannot fool everybody all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, the novel about uh, Africa, things fall apart. Things do fall apart. Yeah, but um, I, I don't know. I know I don't, I'm, you know, I'm a filmmaker, and it's, I don't, don't want to be in a position of... Uh, like a pseudo prophet and to say what what is going to happen, I don't know. Um, I know that with all the problems we have, you know, climate change and uh, social problems and uh, uh, potential wars and, and resource scarcity and uh, with all these problems, we 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 are we have to start dealing with them by looking at them straight into the face of these problems yeah. and by understand them uh, in a full way. I mean, because what is climate change, for example? Climate change is a word, you know, it's, it's a word, and and it, it resonates in us like, you know, basically it's like not so bad, you know, if you're, if you're like from the northern hemisphere, it's, it's a bit warmer, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cold sometimes in Europe and Paris, you know, so it's going to be a bit warmer, so what, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't, we we know it's a, it's a problem, but we don't feel it's a problem. We don't, we we don't understand deeply enough that that there, that something really bad is is on the horizon. And what what we can do is as 
intellectuals and filmmakers and writers is we can provide bridges to um, to help the imagination. Yeah. Um, we can uh, make f- movies like like the one we're talking about, Become as Friends, that helps uh, potentially a couple of million of, of people to suddenly think of things in a bit of a, in a bit different way and start talking to to their friends, start going online trying to understand more even. And so we need we need to be, I guess, politicized and motivated and sensibilized on on the nature of all the problems we're facing, and then we can together start finding solutions. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm really not in the position as a filmmaker to provide solutions. Uh, I mean, my solution is I, what I'm doing is making movies you know, and, right. and, and share them, you know, and, and talk about them. But, but I'm, yeah, and I'm a filmmaker, not a policymaker. So I, I honestly, I, I, I cannot provide, you know, a good answer. Yeah. That. Well, I, no, it's just th- some thoughts. I, think, I just, uh, think, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but um, but I mean the fact that that we are that you and I are talking now for an hour almost, you yeah. know, bears uh, <laughs> a lot of hope, right? Yeah. Uh, even though we're talking about somehow a hopeless <laughs> story, right? Um, but it's not hopeless because we're talking about it and we are sharing it and and. But, and we're here. And yeah, so, but, so. but Hubert, the, the, the issues, the, the, the situation that you have sh- uh, shined a light on in, du- in Sudan and in the film We Come as Friends is, is not an isolated incident. It's not an isolated part of the world. It is the world we live in in, in, the, in the north-south divide in, in many ways. That's what it, that's what it looks like. And uh, it, it is inevitable. You know, somebody said... Change is impossible until it happens, and then it was inevitable. And and that is something that we're in some way discussing right now. A change becomes change because people realize that things have to change. And um, and that, that hello yeah hi. You know what we we just got cut off. I'm sorry. I was like. Oh. For a minute, I didn't hear you. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So you, you you said something that it's not an isolated case. Yeah, this is not what what you describe, and we come as friends. It's not isolated to Sudan. It happens throughout the world. Uh, and, right. and 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 I, and I was I don't know if you heard this part, but I said that you know have, seeing films like We Come as Friends and other films and talking about it as we're doing now can lead to people changing their perceptions, and that is the first step. And somebody once said. The change, real change, is impossible until it happens, and then it was inevitable. And I think that that right. that's kind of what we're doing here. Kind of what a film like yours is pushing people into a perception that they may not have had before. And that's what we need. Yeah, that's right. what we need. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I don't know what kind of change we need but but I know we need to be uh uh fight we need to fight the uh, like anesthesia of thought you know because we are <laughs> we're we're almost paralyzed in front of all these you know yeah. the, the 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 size of it, of the problems you know the size yeah. of the yeah. like like the, the big empires gearing up you know china arming uh 
making new aircraft carriers, the U.S. Uh, uh, sending more soldiers to the, some other to the other side of the planet. You know, what the hell? I mean, so what what are we doing? You know, I mean, and if enough people kind of would start feeling like, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? You know, we are, we're just we're just uh, preparing the ground of of disaster. You yeah, know? we are. We are. And and but the thing is that even though we know it somehow, we don't fully know it, and we don't fully feel it, and we don't fully understand it. You know, so it's it's, it's like yourself. It's like knowing about your own like the end of your own life. You know, you we know we're gonna die, but. Uh, but we continue smoking because we, or, or I don't know, do whatever, you know, yeah. eating, you know, fast food because we don't fully understand that it is actually destroying us. Yeah. We say, yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be okay, you know, because, so, but the step between fully understanding that eating, a, a, you know, a shitty burger on the corner of the street is actually really destroying your organism, you know. Some people know it, you know, some people understand it fully and some people don't, you know. Yeah. And, and and where 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 is the where is the cracking point? How does it come to the point that some people fully understand something and and some don't? You know, and I I think it's it's it, a lot of it is through you know smart kind of information. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because because technical information, factual information, or medical information about your stomach. Uh, I don't want to. You know, I'm talking about a hamburger now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. technical information, in general, in, or, or about politics, uh, don't don't uh, touch it. You know, uh, statistics don't touch it. You read about how many hundred thousands of humans died in Syria, or I don't know how. I don't even know how many. I don't know because it doesn't it doesn't make any any sense in your head if you read. Uh, 200,000 or yeah. 500,000, it's like just too much, right? It makes no sense, it kind of figures. It. But it suddenly, if you have a neighbor who's from Syria and you can, who has the gift of of being able to tell you his story or her story, then you have what you need to understand suddenly the world differently. You have a tool. You're armed with and I think ultimately um, a movie like like the ones who are like, like this kind of movie uh, is giving you your spirit and your thinking and your intellect the tool to be creative and to be uh, strong and uh, inspired yeah. to think. It's basically an inspiration to think. Um, well, uh, I, I, it's really late at night. I don't think I'm very inspiring. No, no, <laughs> well, no, but 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 it, let's we'll, we'll wrap we'll wrap up with this, yeah. and I, I and that is yeah. you are that neighbor who who can tell the the, the family next door that the the Syrian family that you knew or the Sudanese family that you knew who perished for no reason other than just this avarice, this horrible system that is there to to you know take resources from people and to, to essentially pillage and not care and not be human and that's right. what that's what we're and that's what this film like we come as friends and darwin's nightmare and all of these and these kind of films and that's why 
you're right. We don't know. We don't know what's going to put somebody over a, over a certain point in their the way they think to change the way they go about what they buy, how they what what they do with their lives and what they tell their family and their friends to do to, you know, we don't know. And that's why films yeah. like yours are 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 important. The artist who tells the truth uh in and um yeah. you know that's what that's well what art is is a main factor and uh again i have to insist i'm i'm uh i'm totally worn out from, from I, interviews I, and it's y- really late at night but but i and i'm i'm i, I guess from people on the radio not not uh I, I i wish they could just go online and see the movie or something or yeah. go to the cinemas and i mean my my movie is so much more interesting than me talking at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll let, on that note, we'll let you go. But it is playing currently right now as we speak uh, at the IFC Center in New York. But it will be here at the, the Lemley Royal in Los Angeles. And it sounds like you're going to be in town for, uh, for uh, some Q&As for that as well. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's uh, on the 20th I'm going to be there. No, on the 24th on the 18th or something. And I'm going to be there with this amazing woman, Right. from Sudan, who who is living in Memphis. Her name is Celestine, and I'm going to make sure that we are celebrating her, well, her beauty uh, and her amazing life. Well, I hope, I hope to have the um, chance to uh, meet you and, and her as well on, on the 21st yeah, here. Yeah, I'll the, come. Yes, yeah. I will be come. there, yeah. and I look forward to, uh, to the opportunity to shake your hand. And thank you for the film. Thank Great. you for being here on Film School. Uh, it's been a pleasure, and all the best, and, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. Take care.